Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I want it said clearly that if I said the kind of things on air that Joy Reid said on air, I'd be fired. Hell, if I said the kind of things Joy Behar said on air, I'd get fired. There is no radio station in America that would put up with the 24-7 non-stop bigotry that comes from Joy Reid. Not a one. The the level of, of, of anti, never mind anti-Israel, the level of anti-Semitic, the, the constant drumbeat of you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a racist. All the time, everywhere, nonstop. This is her entire show. Well, Tony, you talk a lot about conservatism. Yes, but I also talk about cigars and bourbon. I I, I have other interests. I am not all consumed with the, I have to call somebody I disagree with a bigot 24-7, 365. That's nonsense. Look, I don't have a kind word for communists out there, but, you know... They're murderous bastards, so who cares? But dear God, every second of every hour, not only with Joy Reid, but this whole network. This whole network is nuts. But what this network has done in a commentary from Joy Reid is exposed that they are exactly what they claimed Fox was. Now, this is going to get deep. So follow me, kittens. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That's right. I called you kitten. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. So let's go back a moment, a tick, a scotch, if you will, to when Fox News was getting punched in the face every single hour. Because it turns out they were saying things about Dominion voting systems they didn't necessarily believe. And, well, why would they say something that they didn't believe? And why would a host say that? I'm a host. I do a, a show every day. I'm not saying something I don't believe. I've also, for the record, never been asked. I have never been asked in any serious conversation to say something that I do not believe in. I have by friends said, hey, you should you should just say this because it'll be good for ratings. And I say to them, oh, you're cute. <laughs> you don't you don't just say something because it's good for, for, for ratings. Um, I think people can suss out a fraud and they should. They, 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 they should because that's that's nonsense. When the Dominion voting thing came up for Fox and there were some hosts who were through text messages you learned were saying things that they didn't necessarily believe, Fox took it on the chin, just punched in the face over and over and over again, pow, ping, bang. These people are frauds. These people are unserious. They don't actually believe uh, uh, this. That's what happened. That is exactly what happened. Bring us to Joy Reid. I am going to share with you a piece of audio that I had to edit because Joy Reid cursed on a hot mic 
hot mic means it was on. And um, uh, she, while a, a bit of uh, a video was, was playing, sometimes referred to as a sot, sound on tape, um, uh, she decided to make a commentary not realizing that her microphone was on, hot mic. Uh, and uh, when she, she did that, she used a word that starts with F. Um, anybody want to guess what that is? Anyone? Anyone at all want to guess what the word that starts with F is? These people. Oh, well, that's close. That's close. F these people. Very close. Very close. F these people. Nope, changed my mind. You got it right there. She did this. Now, you could say that that's the story. Ooh, caught on a hot mic, utilizing a word that begins with F. Kids, that ain't the story. No freaking how. That is so not the story that the people running with that story, they should be damn well ashamed of themselves. The story is much, much greater. Let me give it to you in two parts. Part of the audio and then the entirety of the audio. She's talking about the border. Now remember, MSNBC is a network just like Ocasio-Cortez, just like the squad. When Trump was the president, he was a racist and keeping kids in cages, and they go down to the border and they shed their fake tears and they take their photo ops and do the whole thing. When Biden's president, they don't have word one to say. Now you have the Biden administration saying quite clearly the problem is Republicans won't give us the power to do anything. With executive authority, is there more you can do? Absolutely. That's all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got it off. Give me the borders patrol. Give me the people. Give me the people to judge. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work less. So. Biden still claiming, as he did today, that he doesn't have the power to do anything. He needs this legislation passed in order to do something. Well, of course, that that isn't true. And of course, you have Corinne Jean Pierre saying that um, the Biden that that the border is an issue. So on the first day of his administration, the president took this very seriously. And when it came to immigration, when it came to uh, border security, he put forth a comprehensive piece of legislation. That was almost three years ago. If Congress, House Republicans didn't get in the way and they actually took action, we probably would be in a different place today. He took it seriously. They're taking action. So the administration is telling you that the border is a real subject and a real issue. The border is a real story. That's what the administration is saying. Enter Joy Reid, MSNBC, part one. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Case in point, fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators... Now, whoa, 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 hold up and whoa. The administration's telling you that the border's an issue. Joe Biden said he would shut down the border. And here's Joy Reid still pushing the idea that the border is totally fine, everything's good, Republicans are making it up, and all they want to do is take credit for things that Biden is doing. Now, you don't watch MSNBC. I, I, I get it. You realize this is what they're saying every day. 
This is this is how they talk. This is what they talk about. This is how they present it every single day. When they're not clearly advocating uh, for Israel to be destroyed, this is what they're talking about every single day. And you could see how it is that that uh, uh, Joy Reid is so far afield from the administration that she won't even recognize that there's an issue. Rather, it's all made up by Republicans who are trying to glom on and 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 get some control because you know uh, they're just incapable and they only do whatever Donald Trump tells them to do. Oh, so holy damn boring. That's I mean, it's it's just the everyday talking point. It's exactly what Benny Thompson said in the impeachment uh, conversation regarding the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. The sham impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas is a baseless political stunt by extreme mega Republicans. Chairman Green, Representative Margaret Taylor Green, and others have pushed for and even fundraised based on this pre-planned, predetermined scapegoating of the secretary. I, I just want to say for the record, I want to make sure I'm on, on the record for this. Um, it, it's, it's not a stunt, but even if it is, okay. What? Okay, it's a stunt. Sure, Benny Thompson. The guy who chaired the January 6th committee is now going to tell me about a political stunt. I'm sorry, that's just, that is just freaking precious. Uh, thank you. Thank you. For applause there from producer Jason. This is, I mean, this is the pot, the kettle, the whole thing. Whoo. That is just great. The best is uh, I brought up the expression pot kettle and someone's now going to call me a racist for it. I ga- oh, guarantee you it's coming. Guarantee you it's coming because, you know, why should anybody be rational? This whole thing about Trump, all about it, it's what it's all about. It doesn't explain why Republicans passed legislation regarding the border 200 plus days ago when uh, there were no primaries or anything else yet. But now that we're in the election season, of course, it's about Trump and the MAGA and the nonsense. No, it's about the safety and security of the southern border. It's about the safety and security of children. It's about putting an end to the fentanyl. It's about putting an end to the human trafficking, putting an end to the sex trafficking, remembering that we're a sovereign nation for the love of the Lord, and people who don't believe that are wrong, dangerous, and don't care about your kids. Speaking about not caring about kids, allow me to state again what I've said many, many times in the past. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, does not care about brown children, and it is quite possible she hates brown children. Because if she gave a damn about brown children, she would be moving heaven and earth to stop the human trafficking. She would move heaven and earth to move policy that would prevent the human trafficking, that would push away the human trafficking, that would diminish the human trafficking. She would care if she only cared for a moment about black and brown children. She would be doing this but she doesn't give a damn i know this because she hasn't shown up to the border to cry and take pictures same cages she does nothing let's bring it back to joy reed who already has let you know uh that she's she says republicans don't have any policies they glom on to successful biden policies and then 
she shows a clip of Joe Biden. Now, it's within this clip of Joe Biden that you hear the hot mic. And yes, I did do an edit by lowering the volume to, to zero, not by changing any of the words. This is how the clip is is provided. Um, I, I, I share it with you because when I first heard it, I I was like, wait, is is this like a a, a deep fake? Is this uh is this a, is this fake? Uh, no, it's not, because Joy Reid is apologizing for it. Never mind that. People are still uh, uh, fixed or fixated on 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 the word that starts with F. That's not the story. Listen, and you'll hear the story. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Case in point, fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> Still trying to kill the deal. He bragged about blocking progress and said, please, please blame him if it fails. Meanwhile, the main Republican negotiator on border security, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, is defending the proposed deal and called out fellow Republicans who oppose it. Now, the... Word that starts with F is not the story here. It would seem that when she's discussing Joe Biden closing down the border, she says, and starting another blanking war. That's what it certainly looks like. Not like she's having some other kind of conversation. That's what it sounds like. Which would signal to me being an observer, and signal to you being an observer, that when she talks about successful Biden policies, she's saying what she thinks the audience wants to hear. But on the hot mic, when she doesn't think anybody's listening, she tells you what she really thinks. And she really thinks that we should have an open border because if you protect the border, you're going to start another blanketing war. Or is she referring to what's going on with Iran? Or is she referring to something else? It is obvious that what she says to the audience when the camera is on is different than how she feels when the camera is off. And that's the story. And no one is discussing what is clearly and obviously the entirety of the conversation. That's the story, man. That's it, kitten. Joy Reid is the thing she accused Fox News of being, along with a host of other people. I don't, I, I can't, I don't want to single, single her out as one of many, because maybe she didn't speak directly on this, she only spoke on that. But all those people who said Fox News, they don't believe what they say. Joy Reid flat out does not believe what she says. And she just told you. Except, of course, the anti-Semitism. Now look, maybe she's just saying that for the benefit of the audience, which in and of itself, super gross thought. 
But I, 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 I think that when she she focuses on um, hating Israel, blaming Israel, wanting to destroy Israel in relationship uh, to the attack from Hamas, a terrorist organization that murdered 1,200 and set babies and women on fire, I, I think she really has that hate. I, I, I think that's all her. I give her all the credit. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. JoanneJacobs.com, uh, J-O-A-N-N-E, uh, Joanne Jacobs, um, writes some interesting things. You can agree, disagree, what have you. But it was an interesting piece. More than ever, college applicants are writing about race. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good uh, to be with you. And it's a piece about a piece written in the New York Times by Bernard Mokum where writing about race is more popular than ever for black, Hispanic, and indigenous college students. And you, you, you ask why this is, and you could say, well, the Supreme Court did away with um, uh, not, not affirmative action, but utilizing race as an uh, identity um, well, no, you could say it, it was banning affirmative action, right? In college admissions. Can't do it. You can't just look at race as a way of, of bringing someone into college. So this is the end around. Have people write about it. And then, you know, through the, through the code, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, they'll know. Well, that's, that's possible. I'm not saying that that isn't possible. Um, so, I mean, they talk about somebody... Um, Talk, writing about an essay about her love for chess. It's oh, interesting. You love chess. The final draft of the essay focused on the prejudice between her Korean and black American families and the final financial hardship she overcame. So you realize that you're not writing to something that you think is interesting. You're writing to whatever it is the admissions people are going to say yes to. So, so there's an example of somebody who realized that this is how you get in. You have to learn how to lie. You have to learn how to manipulate the system. That the best and the brightest argument is a nonsensical one. The key to all things in the university setting is being able to to mold yourself to what it is they are looking for regardless of whether or not you value it. Translation, lie. But I think, I, I, and I think that's true for some. I think we would agree that that's true for some. But I think there is something much more sinister underneath. If you take a look at people writing uh, about um, race in their uh, application, what if they write about race because they've been taught that that's the only thing about them that matters? It's the only thing interesting about them. It's the only thing in- uh, important about them. It's the only thing valuable about them or not valuable about themselves. It is the only thing that anybody cares about. It's the only thing you should care about. So therefore, what else could you possibly write about? Nothing else actually matters. I would argue that that is happening because that is how they're raised. And thus... We find universities that only want that. So therefore, merit is inconsequential.
And how does one get the best and the brightest when that is not the part that matters? I'm Tony Katz. So as we now know, don't didn't work. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Save the date, April 18th. It's a live Eat, Drink, Smoke. That's my cigar and bourbon show heard across the country. Eat, Drink, Smoke show com. We're going to be live. Special bourbon, great pairing with a cigar. We've got some food. Jocularity will ensue. We'll have ticket information coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, go uh, to EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and check that out. April 18th, save the date. As we know, the administration, they uh, wanted to show you how tough they were with Iran. And so they warned Iran repeatedly, if you're thinking of causing a problem, don't. And what's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know I'm not to do anything. Three, three service members are dead. Clearly, Iran didn't get the message. And it's because the messenger is feckless and weak and pathetic. I'll check right now, see if there's been movement. Nope. There's been no movement. There's been absolutely no movement from the administration regarding a response to Iran. Now, the don'ts didn't work. And uh, I don't know if, if I didn't share this yesterday. This wasn't yesterday. This was John Kirby being asked by a reporter gloriously. Uh, you, you, you said uh, don't. You, you, you're all about the don'ts. Well, that didn't work. So what's your plan now? It's clear, obviously, that don't didn't work. Does the president have any regret over not pushing, punching back harder in any of the prior responses that he's taken to these proxy attacks on U.S. forces? I would, uh, uh, I think I would push back on the idea that we didn't push back harder, uh, that we have taken significant action against uh, Iran economically. We have certainly taken some ad additional and uh, more aggressive steps to go after these groups. Um, we're certainly taking aggressive action uh, against the Houthis to try to d defend shipping in, in the Red Sea. I mean, this idea that somehow we've just, you know, whistled past the graveyard here and, and, and walked away from the challenge that Iran poses just isn't borne out by the facts. Iran, uh, uh, these proxy groups have been attacking uh, our troops and our facilities in Iraq and Syria well before this administration as well. And we... For instance, Mike Waltz said this morning that when you're trying to play defense constantly rather than punching back in a meaningful way this blood is on this administration's hands what what is the response from the white house to an accusation like that what i would tell you and i would tell the congressman is we're mindful of what iran's doing in the region and uh, we have taken aggressive action against it has done nothing to stop them but what was this 
idea about proxy groups. Look, if you want to argue that the Houthi rebels are a proxy of Iran, I would agree with you. But if you want to argue that it was some fringe group that used a drone to kill American soldiers, no, it was Iran. The facts are the facts. Now, this drone was able to get through because the U.S. military thought it was one of their own. One of their own drones was coming back. They got confused. They thought this drone was that drone. That uh, was not the case. Now, these things can happen. This is awful. There's a question here now about systems and maybe ways things have to be done. These things can happen, and it is awful. You must change the system to better the system. Or... It was there somebody who did not implement the proper system and then they are held accountable. But it doesn't change the fact that Iran killed three U.S. service members and a response is needed. John Kirby's answer is, uh, well, we're doing something. We'll, we, we got, we, we, they're, they're, they understand. No, they don't understand, do they? And no, you're not being forceful. So why are you saying you are? clear obviously that don't didn't work does the president have any regret over not pushing punching back harder in any of the prior responses i thought i had a different piece of audio for you i thought i was could have sworn i had a i had another piece because he goes into this this, this weird kind of explanation that that uh, somehow everything's you know, you don't understand how these things work, and we're really, really being a, a, a aggressive here. I don't know how long it takes to respond to the killing of three uh, American soldiers, but seems to me that you're not actually responsive. I wonder why your uh, the people who work in your administration aren't more up in arms. Well, maybe the problem is they're too busy planning for a hunger strike. I could not make this up if my life depended on it. Here is the story. Federal workers to protest Biden's Israel policy. Feds united for peace. Also known as FUP. I don't know. FU peace is is that what is that what we call we call them FU peace uh, feds united for peace which is several dozen government employees telling the guardian that its members will be dressed in black wearing kafia scarves and other symbols of solidarity with Palestine during the protest on Thursday a kafia is a, uh, you, you can call it a symbol of, of, of the Palestinian. Uh, you could also call it a symbol of oppression, uh, depending on how you want to look at, at, at these things. But be clear, the Biden administration is, a, is lousy with Jew haters, lousy with bigots, lousy with people who want to see Israel destroyed, lousy with people who are down with, agree with, and support genocide. So much so, these fools... I said fools, are going to have a hunger strike. It's February 1st. February 1st. They're going to have themselves a hunger strike. What is it? Is that, is, that, is that Thursday? Is that Thursday, Sarah? Is that when that is? Because, um, I don't know, we're going to have to gather and have ourselves uh, some brisket or something. I, I Honestly, to celebrate the hunger strike, I may, I may have to bring in brisket. 
I may have to go out for brisket. I, this might have to happen. They are protesting, quote, starvation as a weapon of war by intentionally withholding food from entering Gaza, where more than 26,000 people have been killed since the war began, according to the health ministry, in the Hamas-ruled territory. That's a story from the Daily Mail. Uh, First of all, the number comes from Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. They, of course, cannot be believed because they don't tell you of that 26,000 whom they killed themselves. That's number one. Secondly, why in the world would you have a hunger strike if people are going hungry? First, if people are going hungry in Gaza, that's because Hamas is a terrible organization that doesn't give a good holy damn if these people live or die. They don't care. They do not care. What they want is Israel destroyed over everything, and they don't care about their own people. This is the same group Hamas that ripped the pipes out of the ground, the pipes that carried water, They don't care if the people have water. They care that they had the tubes to shoot more rockets. Hamas is a garbage group of people that believe in destruction. And here are all these people in the Biden administration supporting them. This is support of Hamas. I said it. I meant it. You can quote me. That's fine. Take This is um, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. We know that Hamas as an organization, it, it, it does not have any regard for human life. I think that in Hamas's attack on October 7th, they knew what they were bringing on uh, to, to, they knew the, the, the violence that they were bringing on, and we have seen that. They understood the asymmetric attack that, that Israel will put out. Israel has been indiscriminately attacking uh, Gazans, and we have seen t- over 25,000 Palestinians have been killed, over 70% of whom are women and children. First, there she is again, uh, preaching Hamas's talking points because, well, that's what a Hamas supporter does. Don't get angry with me. Listen to her argument. Hamas knew that they were going to kill Israelis, and of course they knew that Israel would overreact. They'd want to fight back. They'd want to get even. But of course, you know, Israel can't do that because that's not fair. This is the argument of the fool in Congress and in, in, in the halls of the administration. Honestly, honestly, Sarah, uh, Sarah runs all our digital. I don't know why I'm asking Sarah this. What is stopping me from Thursday from holding a food drive? <laughs> The Biden administration is going to starve themselves, right, to, to, to show solidarity with a terrorist organization that is starving the people. Why don't we organize a food drive? At least, at least for where we live. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be a better use of time? Wouldn't that be a better use of time? The Biden people are going to play dress up in support of terrorists. Man, this election cannot come soon enough. These people are so absolutely horrifically awful. But it's important for you to see what they are. And and let us go to a part two. Why do staffers feel so emboldened to speak out? Your staff. Just make just uh, push the paper around. 
Set the appointments. Get your person to their meeting. Don't be heard. Barely be seen. Why do they feel so emboldened? Why do they feel... Staffers for ceasefire is another group? As your staff, we believe it is both a moral and electoral imperative for you to publicly call for a cessation of violence. Israel offered a two-month ceasefire to get the hostages out. Hamas said no. Why aren't you angry with Hamas? They say complicity in the deaths of Palestinians and uh, 8,200 of whom who are children, I guess their numbers change all the time based on whatever Hamas tells them to say, simply cannot be justified. It's a war. Well, I agree with you that no one can justify the actions of Hamas, a terrorist organization. Do you, do you not understand what's happening here? No, no, they they don't see this as in any way having anything to do with Hamas. They see this solely about Israel. They're letting you know what they are. The Biden administration, Biden's people, Biden's hand-picked people are Jew haters. They want Israel destroyed. That's Joe Biden. Oh, don't worry. There are plenty of Jews who will still vote for this Jew hater. There are plenty of Jews who are so absolutely dense, daft, ugly, and dumb They will continue to vote for this guy because Trump sends mean tweets. I get it. Trump's a terrible guy. Trump has to pay $83 million to E. Jean Carroll. Trump's got four indictments. Still better than Joe Biden and his band of Jew haters. Still better. At least Trump knows that he's allowed to take action on the border as president of the United States. Joe Biden thinks he needs to ask permission as if somehow the vote of the people wasn't enough. Good God. By the way, uh, some people are going to say to me, Tony, you, you must get looked at strange in synagogue when uh, you, you talk about Jews being uh, uh, dumb enough to vote for Joe Biden. Worth it. Worth it. We're, we're not, we're, we're through the looking glass. We're not even having a conversation about policy. Look at what they're doing. <laughs> how, how can anybody say, I got to get me more of that? How can any rational person say, I got to get me more of that? And by the way, this is what they're doing it about today. Wait till they do it about Christians in the United States tomorrow. If the FBI can target them, well, come on. You know it's Israel today, it's the U.S. tomorrow. Every rational person knows that. Every single one. That's not even conspiratorial. (laughs) That's just the data. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Representative Cory Bush under investigation. Misuse of funds, how much she spends on her own private security. The progressive who doesn't think you should have a gun. The progressive who thinks you're a racist. The progressive who wants reparations. Um, maybe doing some thieving. Let the investigation take place. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I wanted to. This, this rip curl story. Right, we're talking about Bethany Hamilton, who is a surfer. And she's kind of famous for having her arm, well, removed by a shark. She got attacked by a shark, lost her left arm, kept surfing. 
And she had a deal, I guess, with, with Rip Curl, uh, which is a, a surfing brand. Well, she is on the record as being opposed to the idea of men participating in women's sports. And um, she has said so. She has talked about it uh, repeatedly. Well, Rip Curl has decided that that's simply unacceptable. They, um, not only not working with her, they have taken a man who claims to be a woman, Sasha Lowerson, and now is uh, promoting him, I, I think uh, utilizing him as their new brand ambassador. I mean, these companies are just thrilled with deleting women. They are overjoyed to erase women. It's, it's a maddening story. Twisted as the day is long. And then as I was discussing earlier, the Alaska Airlines plane, you know, where the fuselage uh, blew out, right? Uh, like half the plane was missing 10,000 feet in, in the air, and they had to make the emergency landing. Well, now as reported in an exclusive from the Wall Street Journal, it left the Boeing factory without critical bolts. So what are they paying attention to at Boeing? What, what, what moves them? What drives them? What is it? Where's the, the, the value in what they, they, they bring if they can't bring a plane that stays together? Where do they keep their time? Is it the wokeness? Is it something else? And who's going to go to jail for it? This is Tony Katz today.